Okay, Mike, over to you. Thanks, Gavin. Well, hello at home. Uh, welcome. Thanks for finding us on YouTube um, or on our website or wherever you're picking this message up. That's great. Um, I just wanted to um, start by praying um, and asking God to reveal himself to us through what I'm about to say. So, Holy Spirit, won't you come? Won't you breathe on us now at home as we open up your word, as we think about the things that you've said to us? Inspire us and guide us by your spirit. Amen. So I just wanted to say that today's going to be at a bit of a departure from the original plan. Um, so those of you who are eagle-eyed will know that I was meant to be speaking from our Encounters with Jesus series on um, Simeon and Anna. And if you're even more eagle-eyed, you'll remember that I actually preached on that passage just six weeks ago. Um, so I'm in a way quite glad that I'm not repeating that message today. Um, for fairly obvious reasons, I've chosen a different passage to talk about. Um, if you did, however, want to pick up uh, the Simeon and Anna message, it is still on our website as a podcast. So if you go on our website and look up the, the, the sermon materials there, you should find it there. Um, but instead today, I'm going to be working from Isaiah 43. So just to give you a bit of time to find your Bibles, we're going to read from Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 4, and then picking up at 19 to 21. And it might be a good idea if you pause the video when I read, just to make sure you've got your Bible with you and uh, you're ready to read along with me. The other thing to say is that as I'm speaking, you'll find that because we're here by video and not live, that I'm going to be moving around the church into different places um, and you'll see some the church looking a little bit different to normal. And that's because we've set up various prayer stations in the church. There's another video all about that. So again, check the description of the video to find uh, that, a link to that. But you'll see some different things and different places that I'm standing. And if you're wondering, well, what's that or what's happened to the church? We've set up some interactive prayer stations so that you can drop in and use those to pray. And um, they're a bit more interactive than just, just sitting by yourself. So, turning to Isaiah 43, beginning at verse 1, we'll read 1 to 4, and then 19 to 21. Um, I'm reading from the New International Version. Israel's only saviour. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear. I, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Sheba in your stead, since you are precious and honoured in my sight, and because I love you. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honour me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. So I wanted to offer a, a word of caution to begin with about Isaiah and how we read Isaiah. Um, my Old Testament tutor taught me 
that we've got to be careful because, you know, when Isaiah originally wrote this, he didn't write it to us exactly. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to realise if we read the first verse of Isaiah, but this is what the Lord says, he who created you, O Jacob, he who created you, Israel. He's talking to the nation of Israel. He's not talking to us today. So we need to be a little bit careful about how we take that um, on and for ourselves. And yet, if we look at the life of Jesus, he, um, he was in the temple and he read from the scroll. He read from the scroll of Isaiah and he said, you know, today this has been fulfilled in your hearing. He took Isaiah and said, this is about me. And, you know, the early church fathers did likewise. They took the Old Testament scriptures and they looked at the way God interacted with his people, Israel. And he looked at, uh, they looked at um, the words of the prophets that were for Israel. And they said, well, look, th these can also be for us. In the same way that Jesus took them for himself, we can take them for ourselves. So I think it's perfectly legitimate to take a passage like Isaiah 43 and look at the promises in it and hold on to those for ourselves, as long as we keep one eye on the fact that we weren't the original intended audience. Now, the other caution that my um, Old Testament tutor would have, would have said to me is, be careful about picking and choosing the bits of the Old Testament, or, or even the New Testament, that you like, the fluffy bits, the nice bits. Very clearly, I've picked Isaiah 43 this morning, and I've picked it because it's one of my favourite and most significant scriptures for me. It, it, it's the kind of scripture that gives me a big, warm hug. And normally I would advise against that kind of preaching, that kind of reading the Bible, where you only read the nice bits and avoid some of the really quite significantly difficult bits, especially in the Old Testament and with, even within the book of Isaiah. But for today, we're, I think it's different. I think what God is saying to us today it's perfectly acceptable for us to look at this bit and actually take those promises and receive them as a warm hug. That's what we need for this hour. So although I do want to cautious, uh, offer caution against that kind of approach always, in this moment of crisis, it's perfectly okay for us to pick up that warm hug bit of scripture and read it and engage with it. So I want to talk to us about some of the content of Isaiah and what it might be saying to us this morning, today. First of all, it's very clear from Isaiah that this is a message of hope. This is a positive message. It's a reminder of God's promises for us. It's a reminder of how much God loves us. And in difficult times like these, it can be easy to forget those things, to feel abandoned by God to feel that he's left us or to feel that he's distant. And yet, he's not. And his promise is that he is with us. And yet, we're not immune from trouble and difficulty. What we read at the beginning of Isaiah is this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. There is a definite sense of... of God being with us in the difficulties that we face. So I'm sure that in time, the events, the global events that are happening around us, the virus is going to affect us. It's going to impact our lives if it isn't already. Some of us more than others. 
And there may be some tragic and difficult times to come that we'll need to face and face together. And yet in and through all that, God will not abandon us. He has promised here in Isaiah and all over scripture to be with us. Remember, one of the names that we give to Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. God longs to be with us and close to us and draw near to us. And especially in these times of difficulty, he has not abandoned us and he will be with us. So if Isaiah is offering any kind of challenge here, though, it is, it is not to fear. Some of the first words of this scripture say, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. Do not fear. When I read those words in Isaiah, I'm reminded of a story in Mark's gospel. Um, in Mark's gospel, Jesus is in a boat with his disciples and a storm is raging and he's sound asleep. And his disciples are getting really anxious and worried. Um, they're fearful of the storm and they wake Jesus up. And Jesus says to them, well, he calms the storm just with a word. And then he says to them, look, don't be afraid. Have faith. And I think that's a timely message for us today, to have faith. You know, I'm noticing that out in the world, there's a, a, a interesting responses to this virus, to what's happening. And yes, there's a lot of kindness out there. We've seen a lot of people doing things like we're doing here, the Flu Friends Initiative, going out and trying to help people um, who are vulnerable with shopping, with um, picking up prescriptions, with all manner of different uh, means to help them. And that's great. But I'm also noticing a supermarket trolley full of fear among people. People's response is very, they are very afraid. And you may be afraid at home too. And that is completely understandable. And yet Jesus and Isaiah challenge us not to fear, but to put our faith in God. You know, we are not a people of fear. We are a people of faith. We are a people of courage. We have faith in God's promises for us. I'm stood here in front of the Hope prayer station um, because I want to talk to you a little bit about hope. Those of you who uh, tuned into our series about what is, uh, what is the church will remember that we talked about three words which we try and hold on to here at St. John's, which are life, hope, and joy. And hope is a particularly powerful word at this point in our life. And if you remember what Gavin said about hope, he wanted to talk about a fluffy hope that we can have, um, that's friendly and nice and easy to talk about and lovely. But actually, as he read the scriptures, the kind of hope that um, he felt was a Christian hope, is a steely, determined hope. A soldier's hope, a hope in the face of adversity. And so I just wanted to remind you of that word in this moment because hope is a really important thing to cling on to. And Isaiah 43 is a place we can turn to, to give us hope, to remind us of all that God is and his promises for us. But I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about, about something called kairos. And for those of you who don't know, kairos is a Greek word for time. But it doesn't mean kind of clock time, watch time. It means a moment in time. It means 
God's moment in time. It means, uh, it's usually a, describing a moment where God is acting or um, something specific is happening at this time, for this time. And Kairos moments, they can be quite divisive. Jesus, I think, is the ultimate example of a Kairos moment. He came at a moment in history and he divided opinion. Some people followed him, but others rejected him. And I think we are in the midst of a Kairos moment right now. We see it in Isaiah 43. It says, see, I am doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? It's a kind of description of a Kairos moment, a new thing that God is doing in this moment. And there's something happening in this nation through the events that are taking place that we need to be alert to. A Kairos moment, I guess. And it could be a moment where we are driven in towards fear and away from God. Or it could be a moment where we're driven towards faith and putting our faith in him. And I want to encourage you that the latter is definitely the way we want to go. So in this moment, take faith. Have faith in God. Press in to God when you feel fear. Bring those fears and anxieties to him. And tell him how big your fears are. So what now? Just to recap, I guess, I'd like to say that Isaiah 43 is a, is a great warm hug of a scripture and it reminds us. It reminds us to take courage, to take heart. It reminds us that God is with us in the middle of our struggles. It reminds us that we can have faith and not fear. You know, at times like this, I'm really glad to be a part of the Church of England, an established, big, well-organized church, because amongst other things, earlier in this week, I was Skype calling with some of the other local clergy. We were discussing some of the different ways we're responding to this crisis. And the National Church of England are the ones who give us the guidelines on whether to stay open or not, so we don't have to make difficult decisions like that for ourselves. But the other real advantage to being a part of this church, the Church of England, is that they have provided us with a whole load of resources um, for this time. And I was looking on their website and, and found an amazing prayer, which I really think summarizes the take-home message of today, which is, which is really to hold on to hope, which is really that we are not a people of fear. And so I'm going to read that prayer to close. And maybe you might want to look it up yourself on the Church of England website and remind yourself of it during the week because I think it's a really powerful and helpful prayer. It says, We are not a people of fear. We are a people of courage. We are not people who protect our own safety. We are people who protect our neighbor's safety. We are not people of greed. We are people of generosity. We are your people, God, giving and loving, wherever we are, whatever it costs, for as long as it takes, wherever you call us. Amen. Thank you, uh, Mike, for that. Um, do you know, we, we have a tradition at St. John's that when we've heard somebody opening up the Word of God and explaining it to us, we, we don't just hurry on, we, we pause and uh, we ask the Holy Spirit to apply what we have heard um, to, to show us what it means for us right here and now. 
So why don't we just have a little moment of pause now to reflect on, on what Mike has said, to, to receive the encouragement, uh, to hear the challenge maybe that God is, is speaking into our lives as well. Holy Spirit, there may be um, things that are being stirred in us that we weren't expecting right now. Will you help us to have the courage to face them and to invite you further in? Stir us, we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this chance to meet uh, in the virtual realm and in the spiritual realm. Thank you that you have not gone away, uh, that we are still your people, that we are still serving you. So send us out in the power of your spirit, whatever that may look like. Open our eyes to see those opportunities and fill us with your blessing and your love. So this week, may you know the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.